Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the High Red Geek Podcast. This is episode number 16 with Junior Pena. A really cool, fun conversation uh, just with another fellow awesome High Red Geek. Uh, so I really appreciated his time and all that he shared about his journey and uh, what he's uh, into lately. So plug in for another awesome episode with a great professional and uh, make sure to connect with him on Twitter because I'm going to share some uh, really awesome stuff over there. Um, so after this quick message, this is episode number 16 with Junior Pena. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention High Red Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out at SwiftKickHQ.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Get up to any anything interesting over winter break? Um, uh, not really. I mean, I, I went actually back home to Massachusetts and it was really, really cold. And so, um, there wasn't like a whole lot. I mean, I had a blast. I had a lot of fun hanging out with my family, some of my friends from undergrad and some of those things. But, um, yeah, not a whole lot. Um, other than that, you know, cause it was pretty cold. So everything that I wanted to do, <laughs> it just was not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, yeah, I lived in, uh, Maine for two years before I moved down here, like right outside of DC, and that was like winter would be like, yeah, I'd just be like, oh, we could do that. Oh no, it's too cold. I don't feel like you know, like it always just would be like the buzzkill for things. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, there certainly is, uh, you know, always a place for just uh, kind of snuggling up and <laughs> relaxing and just uh, staying indoors and stuff. But because um, yeah, that, that's what my winter break ended up being a lot of anyway. Like I, I did have like. A lot of just like random stuff of like, oh, I just want to like watch that show or like, you know, read that book or play that game, like just stuff to just like take it easy, relax and, you know, not really have to uh, venture out too much. But um, but yeah, I mean, if you just want to start off the episode here, if you just want to introduce yourself to everyone, kind of give your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. For sure. For sure. So my name is Junior Pena. And uh, I'm the assistant director currently at the University of Miami in our Office of Multicultural Student Affairs. And so um, I, I like to think that my professional trajectory and kind of journey is really oddly kind of linear in, in many ways. Um, so I identify as a first generation college graduate. And so I did my undergraduate work at the University of Massachusetts, Boston um, in psychology and communication. And while there, I was heavily involved, like a lot of other folks are. And so I was an orientation leader. Um, I did a lot of work around um, social entrepreneurship and um, nonprofit slash service work, which is actually where I really got, you know, connected to the institution, really found a lot of love and passion through you know, helping out with days of service, um, running alternative break trips, and um, really getting connected to the community um, in the greater Boston area. And I absolutely loved it, had a lot of fun. Um, never once thought about this as a career or potentially as something that I would see myself doing. 
Um, but like many other folks, I had a mentor, um, Sherrod Williams, who was at the time the director of our Office of Student Leadership and Community Engagement. And he just basically said, like, I don't actually want you to consider this as a profession, but I think you should at least give it a shot as far as like testing out whether it's your vibe and it's for you. And so that's where he actually recommended uh, the NASP Undergraduate Fellows Program. And so I went through the process just because I wanted to see what it was all about. I wanted to learn more about the profession and really make a, a informed decision around whether it's something that I could see myself doing. And so was accepted and was a part of the NASP Undergraduate Fellows cohort from 2012 to 2014. And through the program, really took advantage of every possible opportunity ever. I hustled a lot to get those scholarships to go to the conference um, and some of those other those other pieces. And so I went to the national conference both years. Um, I did Dungy Leadership Institute in the summer of 2013 and also was able through the program to intern at the University of Vermont and Northwestern University. And so after all of those culminating experiences, it was just like very evident that I absolutely could do this as a profession. Um, and I understood what it is that I really valued and wanted to do moving forward. And it was support students like myself. And so as a result, um, pursued uh, a master's degree at Florida State University and um, graduated in 2016 and have been here at the University of Miami since then. Um, and absolutely loved my time at Florida State as well. I was the graduate assistant for our Center for Leadership and Social Change and worked on a lot of different um, projects, learned a lot as far as like my professional philosophy and ways of viewing the world. Um, and I carry a lot of those lessons till this day. And so I'm very grateful for that, that learning process as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, yeah, it's like, like you said, sort of linear, you know, you sort of, uh, in a lot of ways, like a lot of people who find higher education, student affairs, and kind of whatever you want to kind of capture it as like you sort of are scaffolded and built up to kind of find your place uh through other people and mentoring and just sort of um yeah kind of articulating a bit more of like a vision and kind of a mission and those sort of things and you know i think yeah something that i've broadened especially now working in a different capacity within higher ed is that like it's certainly for me it's like where i found myself and my style and my voice and all that and you know i see myself staying within kind of the industry for lack of a better term at large and you know there's so many different ways that you can support you know the higher education uh, kind of realm but uh, what did your specific college experience give you like personally and professionally if it was yeah like a particular mentor that's continued on or maybe there's just one experience or thing that you did or you know something anything that you can think of that what is really like an impactful thing for you as you uh, you know are now beginning your career and everything for sure yeah, so actually, I'll I'll kind of try to do a little bit of both. I I, I tend to you know digress in other ways and be tangential. But um, what I would say is the kind of biggest takeaway that I take you know from my undergraduate experience is not to take anything for granted. Um, and really, what I mean by that is that there's just so many opportunities, so many experiences, and you know um, stories that you can take away from your time as an undergraduate student. And as someone navigating college, because it's such a privilege, and I realized that as I navigated it. And so I think in particularly what made me kind of realize the the amount of like privilege and just access to information that I was having was just seeing how much I had changed throughout each single year. And to be completely honest, and this is not even a lie to you, so I had mentioned initially that I was a first-generation college student. And till this day, one of the stories that really connects with me and just tells me how much I've grown 
to where I'm at today is that the first class I ever took in college was philosophy 101, right? Mm-hmm. So and I'll never forget this because <laughs> I walked up into this classroom, right? I had done my orientation. I was excited. Um, I had also come from a background where college was totally not something I had ever, ever even like remotely thought about doing, although I had really good grades. So it was just not something that ever came to mind. Um, I went to a vocational high school and actually did auto body repair um, for a short period of time before pursuing college. And so that's ultimately what I thought I was going to be doing. Right. And so now I'm here. I'm in philosophy 101 and um they're just doing roll call, right? Like it's the first day of classes. They're they're going through the syllabi. They're they're identifying what are going to be the goals and kind of learning outcomes of this class. And um, I'm conversing with some of the students, and I find out that not everyone in the classroom is a freshman. And I'm blown away. And I'm literally like, what? I'm in a classroom full of students from different like you know, credit and grades that they, you know, identify with. How is this even possible? And I, it never even crossed my mind that that would be a reality. Um, and so now fast forward to where I'm at today, it's kind of wild to think about. But at that moment in time, I was just so oblivious to not only what kind of uh, to expect within the context of college, but I think more importantly, just like how it all kind of worked. Um and I think that there's a, a huge assumption that we make a lot of about students that make it to that point just because they're capable and they're, you know, informed and um, they're probably pretty intelligent. Right. But, um, yeah, at that point in time, I just didn't know any better. And so when I, I think about that development and I think about just how impactful a lot of student affairs professionals, you know, looking at it in hindsight were. Um, in my development, I definitely think that one of the biggest things that I took away from my college experience was just don't take anything for granted. And as a result, I've been able to make, you know, really, really meaningful relationships. I still have best friends that I talk to all the time from undergraduate. Um, I go back and visit whenever I can and try to support the institution in any way that I can, just because I understood just how meaningful um, my time there was and just how little I knew entering that that particular sphere of my life. Yeah, I think, and that's like a a big thing for me that I uh, maybe don't always think about or thought about at the time, whatever. But I know for sure now is just like, yeah, like the experience that I had in undergrad and being able to go to grad school and just like where my life is now and like you know being able to travel a fair bit and certainly you know like there's a lot that I haven't done and I look forward to doing, but and I feel I guess sort of uh, empowered to do you know whatever it is I might want to do, but just that idea, yeah, of kind of being very um, aware of just like, yeah, like I I should be grateful to be here. This is a great experience. Let me make as much, you know, the most of it that I can and um, almost just don't take things for granted. So, um, because yeah, like I'm first gen as well. And just like, you just kind of enter into that space, I think very unique. And there's certainly stuff I wish I knew back then, but um, yeah, it's just uh, an interesting perspective to, to go in. And then certainly, yeah, I think a lot of those folks now who we're just very grateful for the privilege to be able to go and have an amazing experience at college are the people who are, you know, saying like, yeah, I'd like to work in higher ed, you know, like I said, even for the short term, you build up a lot of good skills and experience and you go on to maybe whatever's else, but it's come on it's like, it's like, yeah, I just want to pay it back for the lot, you know, like, I just want to like sort of repay that uh, debt that really, I guess, could never be paid back, but just sort of feel spiritually like, you know, I'd want to make sure there's some other folks that, you know, you know, if I can play a hand in providing them the great experience that I had, you know, um, so yeah, it is, 
yeah it's wild yeah just sometimes those little things where it's just like you have these like revelations and you're just like broadening your mind i'm just like like oh i thought things were this way and you know they are in fact a completely different way and just allows allows you to be comfortable with kind of that ambiguity and stuff yeah and i think also because like one of the points that you brought up that it's like literally a revelation i was having like last week and it's this concept around like the type of people that are around us right and they always say that you know the people that you have around you and the company you keep is a reflection of the type of person you are, right? But I think even deeper than that is this conversation piece around like when you enter higher ed, you're around so many educated people, right? And it's something that we completely take for granted. And I try to remind myself of this, right? Is that our immediate networks and the people that I see on Twitter and engage with on Twitter regularly or like on other social media outlets, a good majority of them are either already a, you know, master's graduate or pursuing a master's degree. And that to me is wild, right? Because when you look at a lot of other people's so immediate networks, right, and immediate um, spheres of influence, they do not have folks that are just so well educated, right? Um, formally educated anyways, right? And I think that it's something that we completely lose sight of. But if we remind ourselves of that, that we're more capable of like, learning more about the people around us, right? Because there's so much experience in like storytelling and um, kind of learning that can happen when you're around people that have experienced so much within a short period of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so like all, you know, all the experience you've had have led you to be where you are now and, you know, your current work. So I guess, you know, uh, certainly, um, you know, multicultural sort of in diversity work, I think it can be, difficult because i think at the very least it's great when universities you know supported enough to like create centers and create staffing and have full-time attention on kind of uh that sort of programming and support and everything um but it can be difficult at times you know you may be having uncomfortable conversations with students or just always trying to kind of uh kind of stake your claim and prove you know why you deserve to exist and stuff but um so what is it that you enjoy personally you know about your professional work you know like what keeps you inspired to keep out that work and uh yeah just kind of what's uh what's the stuff that you enjoy most about your your current job yeah yeah um and i really appreciate you kind of setting the tone in that because i do think that there is like this kind of back and forth when you're in this realm of work around um proving your value and you know really um getting into some type of work that might be a little bit easier to burn out at. Um, And I do, I will acknowledge just for the sake of acknowledging that at times it is more difficult than, you know, other times and um, things of that nature. But what I would say that I enjoy the most about my work is actually being able to not only engage in those difficult conversations, but facilitate spaces where people can actually learn more about themselves. And so something that I always tell folks when it comes to diversity work and equity work in particular, I think that there's a lot of assumptions tied to it. I think a lot of people may not understand that it's for them or may assume it's not for them, right? Um, But it's for everyone because when you facilitate a space that isn't intentional and um, focused on student learning and development around identity than anyone can take away from that because the very most like vital first point of contact and understanding when you're doing this kind of work is self-awareness and i think that whenever we create spaces where students can learn a little bit more about themselves but more importantly how that understanding of themselves influences or um, looks like in relation to others, I think that that's where we start making those connection points. And even if you don't necessarily see it at that moment in time, even if that reflection doesn't take place right in front of you, 
they'll start to make those connections more organically. And they'll start to understand that as a result of me being this person with this set of experiences and lived realities and ways of viewing the world, I show up like this, but maybe this person shows up differently because of their experiences, however limited I know about what they are. You know what I mean? And so what I really, really enjoy about my work is being able to create spaces and opportunities for students to be able to learn a little bit more about themselves and in turn what that means for the people around them, whether that's family members, other students, staff, professionals, um, and the like. And those are the moments that give me the most energy and like love and passion for the work that I do is understanding that there, there are these just finite moments where students get it and it all kind of comes together and they start to realize that, you know, their sense of self is really important. And not only that, but by honoring their own complexity and honoring their own sense of self, they, they can become more willing to allow other people to do the same, right? And to allow the grace and, and love to, um, to, to ensure that people understand that everyone is complex, right? And uh, that those complex identities and collection of identities contribute to their sense of self as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's a really, yeah, it's a really good way to put it. And um, yeah, it's almost just like, it, you know, you, what you enjoy about it or what keeps you at it is the, the, the difficulty. And yeah, when you have that kind of like aha moment or kind of put everything together for a student and they kind of have, a, you know, it's almost like a breakthrough, but yeah, it's just, like you said, almost like an equation of like greater self-awareness in our, you know, with ourselves and knowing who we are and being comfortable with that then equates to having more empathy and understanding towards other people and then having that same experience and you know, allowing them to be, you know, whoever they choose to be. Um, so, yeah, it's shifting a little bit. So, you know, um, I, I feel I remember just um you know, thinking of guests uh, for the podcast, I feel like you're somebody who kind of gets the higher ed geek thing. Um, you're obviously very passionate about the work that you do, but I, I'm pretty sure there's uh, some other stuff, you know, maybe just for fun uh, that you geek out about. So, um, yeah, I guess what what stuff that's really grabbing your attention currently? And is it stuff that you're uh, discovering, stuff that you've been into for a while? Um, yeah, just anything that you're kind of, you know, geeking out about uh, right now. Yeah, so there's a few things. So, <laughs> And I actually like... I'm kind of like open about like, you know, things that I geek out about on Twitter whenever I get on there now these days and things of that nature. But um, so a few things. One is my Funko Pop collection. So I geek out about it pretty regularly and I, you know, make sure I share it with our students and our students now, you know, some of them come to the office to just check it out. And so our my Funko Pops is basically like they're like vinyl figures. Um, I don't know if you know about them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I have like a pretty extensive collection that um, not only DC and Marvel characters, but also anime characters, because it's really what I spend most of my time like watching outside of work. And so um, and I know we'll touch upon this, you know, after like later on in the podcast, but um, I love geeking out about, you know, not only collecting and getting some exclusive um, vinyl figures, but also making sure that I um, oddly enough connected to my work in a way that um the way that it kind of came to be and started was that I wanted to get diverse representation of like superheroes and these, you know, really big uh, movie and TV characters that students can really connect with and resonate with, but may not always see, you know, their representation. And so it really started as like, I got Katana, 
um, to really connect with like the Asian American population and really be able to represent that within the context of superheroes because she's like one of the few heroes that they ever highlight in any kind of like um, show that can resonate with the population. I did the same thing with the John Stewart Green Lantern um, and uh, a multitude of other characters that I felt, you know, really represented the diverse perspective and outlook of our students. And so I started collecting them. Now it's become a whole thing. Um, and in all honesty, it's something that I geek out about all the time because whenever I see like a show or a character that I really, really like, I'll, you know, try to make a, a game plan to to acquire that, that figure. Um, and I would say along with that, just the whole kind of um, – I would say shift. Like I think we've gotten back to a place where it's actually really cool to enjoy things like superhero movies and cartoons and um, how big and you know kind of controversial Star Wars has been. So I've, I'm a fan as well. And this really all started for me as a young kid. I used to always watch the shows, not as much read the comics, but um, I do for kind of kind of like big events that really kind of connect to to my interests. I'll I'll read the comics themselves. Um, and yeah, so the, I've, I've really been geeking out about that kind of stuff lately. Um, and it allows me to really not think about work and all of the stressful kind of, you know, politics that are happening within our current context. Um, so I watch a lot of the shows, uh, collect the vinyl figures, and I also read a lot of like manga and some of those, uh, different, uh, mediums as well. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, that, that's exactly, um, yeah, like I love Funko Pops and I, I give them a lot as uh, gifts to people and yeah, I have a bunch at my desk and don't know why I got into them originally, but I think they're, they're just like a good way to like scratch sort of like a collector itch or just sort of, yeah, like have a, a cool way to represent different characters that you're into. But I hadn't, uh, like I posted a picture of my desk one time and just like, oh, look at all my Funko Pops and like somebody like called me out and was like, oh, you don't really have any like female character. Like you just kind of have all these like white dudes and stuff. And I was like, ah, like, well, no, like I am into like other characters, but it's, it is just so easy to kind of default to that. And yeah, it's great to hear that like, you were sort of thinking of that as well. So yeah, like I got like, mace windu and yeah i got like the john stewart green lantern and um oh you like, got mace windu that's freaking cool yeah man. <laughs> I, I like hunted him down um but uh yeah and like ray from star wars and spider gwen and like there's these oh, characters that like i've explored and i enjoy and like i just you know was that idea of just like yeah i should have like other characters like it is just the majority of the ones that are offered you know it's, it's super easy just to get yeah you know kind of stuck uh with a bunch of white dudes so it's like okay yeah who who do i like that's different and like just making sure that like yeah if somebody were to walk by my desk they see just this you know diverse array of characters and stuff and it is just uh we're certainly in a renaissance now i think there's a lot of that you know coming down the pipeline of diverse superheroes and then certainly just a lot of that kind of content of exploring you know power and responsibility and you know teamwork and those sort of things within you know the genre i think it's definitely evolving but yeah it's, it's definitely right there with you of uh, kind of having a healthy diet of all the, the geeky stuff uh you know comics and tv and all that but um well i guess you know uh, you know you mentioned it obviously just being like a good escape and like a good release i guess is there any like kind of like community or bonds or just anything else just like as you've grown up with any like geeky stuff just like how have these hobbies and interests positively contributed to your life you feel for sure. I, well, I have like, it's funny because like I have like a whole community of people that are also in higher ed that really like this stuff. And so I think about like Jack, Jack Naismith and uh, Kirby Gibson, Atia McGee and some of these other folks that are openly discussing these kind of, you know, uh, conversation points and sharing recommendations and things of that nature. And I'll regularly hit up somebody and just say like, oh, 
you know, right now I'm looking for a new show or I'm looking for, you know, something new to read. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, you know, feel free to send me some recommendations. And so I think it's been good uh, because like I mentioned, I, I definitely use it as an outlet. And it, it's also like a huge positive to be able to reach out to other folks that are into these different topic areas and different, you know, types of shows and areas of reading that, um, yeah, that just kind of like allow for you to really build community with one another, talk about these things in, in a space where you feel like you don't necessarily have to do as much explaining or catching people up to to speed on what it is you're actually talking about, right? They just kind of know. And as a result, you can really just, you know, get, literally geek out together and talk about some of the revelations, like movie trailers that have been released and some of those other things. Um so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of just being able to say that, you know, like these different hobbies and areas of interest are just ways of me staying connected to the community in different ways um, and really looking beyond just what people do, right? Because that's kind of like something I'm really, really big on is um, this concept of storytelling and understanding where people are coming from a little bit further than what the superficial kind of surface level conversations lead to. And so I think it's just another nature or area where you can really um, delve further and understand why people really like it, you know, and it's kind of some of the things that you mentioned as far as like, you know, conflict resolution and, you know, teamwork and and really just the, the cool designs altogether um, that just kind of remind you to you know, never be too adult to the point where you lose sight of like the things you just enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, yeah, some of the stuff, it's like, OK, this is like clearly meant for children, but it's like there's really like a good heart and a good core to it. So, yeah, and then it's just fun. Um, but then, like, I think, yeah, with genres just continuing to mature with the fans. Like, I think a lot of the, the movies and television um, sort of superhero properties and stuff, I think, are def definitely doing some interesting stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a. Yeah, it kind of fits in with like a good uh sort of i think like yeah like moral compass or like i always joke just like that i take my entertainment very seriously so like i wanted to have a little bit more substance and stuff so i think uh uh yeah thankfully we're we're getting a lot more uh a lot more of that substance with um kind of the current uh superhero and comic book uh genre um but yeah i mean so anything specific i guess that perhaps like current favorites all-time favorites you know stuff that you're reading watching and or listening to that you would like to uh just mention we can uh, include in the show notes for sure um so reading wise i'm actually kind of um <clears throat> so I, I actually read pretty often um and a lot of it tends to be kind of really diverse sets of reading but um right now i'm on a huge kind of audrey lord um conversation piece um uh, huge feminist writer um, particularly talking about women of color experience and talking about um, just the the power and um, kind of resolve needed to really come to terms with your feelings, your sense of self, um, and how that can really create like a, a huge shift for you as a person, how you see yourself and the people you keep around you. And so I've been reading a lot of actually really, really recently, a lot of feminist kind of writing and um, books, but specifically I'm reading right now Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde, which is an anthology and a collection of some of her thoughts, experiences and speeches and interviews um, and just really good stuff around not only writing and um, coming to terms with your identity and some of these other pieces, but also just an understanding more about um, and I, an experience that I cannot specifically align myself with as far as like my collection of identities. Right. So I think that 
particularly women of color, and if we think about trans women of color and some of the the women of color within the LGBTQ community, those are some of the most kind of openly oppressed and discriminated against um, populations within our entire society. And so really just trying to learn ways to not only read and understand to some extent um, that reality, but find ways that we can create spaces where that learning and growing within our role here at the University of Miami um, can continually happen for women of color specifically. And so I've really been reading a lot about that lately. I'm excited to be um, afterwards focusing on reading a little bit more about my own personal kind of development. And I'll, and I'll be reading um, a book, kind of like a history book, but also kind of a collection of ideas and philosophies on the Dominican Republic, because it's actually where I grew uh, where I was born was the Dominican Republic, grew up in Massachusetts. Um, and so learning more about the country's history, more learning more about the racial undertones and dynamics that were created through coloni colonialism and some of these other pieces. And so um, the reading has gotten progressively more heavy for me this year, but I, I really wanted to take my personal reading time to focus on identity specific things that I could really learn not only about myself, but ways to create spaces for other people to, to thrive and learn together as well. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've heard of, uh, yeah, a lot of folks doing that, like really putting deliberate energy to be like, let me read things that I would not normally read, read things from different yeah. authors from different backgrounds. And certainly in our current, uh, current political uh, climate, I think it just is like, you know, uh, I think it's sometimes it's like, I see the people that's like, you're already an awesome person, like, you know, stop being even more awesome. I feel like there's other people that need to be doing that, that like, lack the empathy like they should be like reading stories from people to learn more about their experiences and you know be more caring and considerate but it's just like uh yeah it's just really cool because i think it's i mean at the very least it's like these are great authors and storytellers who like these stories should be heard and like we we should you know uh engage with them more and you know share them out and all of that but uh yeah i definitely i feel like it seems like, yeah, your, your reading is kind of filling in, you know, a bit more of like kind of like professional development and, and you know, just obviously personal fulfillment of kind of exploring those different identities and everything. Um, and then like, you know, if other things, if it's like, oh, I watch a lot of stuff that's more just like fun. And if you're like listening exactly. to, you know, listening to podcasts or something or just <laughs> listening to music, whatever, um, like it kind of fits, fits into different pegs versus just like, I mean, certainly people's like, you know, entertainment, reading, watching, listening stuff could all just be like, I just need to unplug. I just need to not think about yeah. stuff. But, you know, I think, yeah, like I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are always just like thoughtful stuff. I'm just like, oh, that's like an interesting thing. Never thought of that. And just like kind of helps me like generate ideas and stuff. But um I guess, yeah, is there anything else, like anything that you would want to like, you know, specifically mention anything reading, watching, listening to, I guess, because, um, yeah, I think uh, certainly on yes. the gen general point of like inspiration, to, like with all this stuff, like get out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, like, you know, yeah, if there's yeah. anything here that you've not even heard of or thought of, go check it out. But yeah, anything else specific, I guess, that, you know, in the different platforms that you are consuming. Yeah. So reading, I've been going heavy, right? But I, I would say like up until this point, I'd really used reading as more of like self-motivation readings, right? So like I would always buy those like self-development books, but like watching for me, and this is so contradictory to what a lot of people do, right? But like whenever I watch anything, I really don't actually want to think all that much, right? Like I undoubtedly will identify some things that I, you know, will make me think a little bit further about it. So like I actually am pretty intentional about doing shows that are not all that intensive right so like right now i'm watching mainly um anime so like one piece i don't know if you've heard of one piece but um one piece is like 
my main jewel. So I fully caught up. I read the manga. Um, I'm very invested in the show. Love, love the storytelling. Love where it's going. Um, I think it's just really good. I love the characters. Um, and that's like one of the main mainstays in my viewing. I'm also watching another anime called Code Geass. And I really got it through a recommendation from a friend. And it's like really, really good. If you're into kind of like strategic kind of shows, it's huge. It's got a lot of action. The pacing is really fast, which I appreciate. Um, and you really see like this huge development of characters in such a short period of time. So I've been a fan of that. I'm almost done with the first season um, and have really been, you know, watching that whenever I have like that free time. And um, so those would be like the main show, the main two shows that I've been allocating time towards watching lately. Um, and then listening to um, I honestly go on Spotify a lot oftentimes and just re listen to like different podcasts. The other day I was listening to a podcast about um, animal intelligence and, you know, humans assumption of animal intelligence in particular and how we oftentimes think that, you know, animals aren't as intelligent as they really are. Um so that was interesting. And I would say along with that, I listen to a lot of music. So lots and lots of music. And I make it a personal goal of mine to listen to like a different type of genre, like at least once a week. And what I mean by that is like usually like a different country's genre. So I've done a lot of J-pop, K-pop, you know, J-rap and some of these other things. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's very, very worldly and yeah, continuing that trend of yours, which is uh, really great. And yeah, I mean, it's just awesome. There's so much of this kind of different stuff at our fingertips. So it's like, you know, whatever you want to uh, consume, it is, uh, it is all there. But yeah, we'll uh, definitely link out to some of the stuff in the show notes there. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up this episode um, to end things on an optimistic note. So, you know, yeah. what are you what are you looking forward to uh, in your job, in life, in the world? Just anything you can think of that kind of keeping you excited, keeping you looking forward and uh, yeah, they're just uh, looking forward to. Yeah. And so I want to leave this as a message to and a challenge and urge to other people to remind themselves of this as well. So something that I always tell people and um, something that I remind myself of regularly is uh, three things. And um, no matter like when I think about what I look forward to in my job, my life, my world moving forward, when I think about my career development, all that I look for is three things. And one of those is be happy. So I look for environments, places, spaces, opportunities that I know will genuinely provide an opportunity to just genuinely be happy with where I'm at, happy with um, the things and opportunities that I'm creating. I think along with that is um, fulfilling work. And so being happy, having fulfilling work, so work that allows for me to feel like I'm contributing to something beyond myself um, and contributing to a society beyond myself with a better outlook or perspective. Um, and then the third is um, having people around me that are just awesome. And so it's something that I'm very intentional about and uh, something that I always look for is to ensure that the community that I curate, the people around me are just good people. Um, and I think if you have those three things, something that can provide you with a sense of happiness, something that can provide you with a sense of fulfillment and a community of people that can provide you, um, with a little bit of everything, then, um, you'll be good. So those are the three things that I'm looking forward to the most and hopefully, um, continually providing and having an opportunity to get those, um, in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I love it. Yeah. It's a, a great way to end it and just sort of kind of generally get people thinking, uh, I hope, and cause it's like, yeah, obviously you would 
get a lot from those things, but I think can give back to community, you know, and sort of like that energy can be kind of cyclical if you're, you know, kind of happy and fulfilled and sort of just kind of zen, like I said, you know, it's always kind of my, you know, what I'm striving for is just to be like, okay, just like being where you are, like being with the people that you are with and kind of good vibes and just sort of, you know, yeah, it all kind of like feeding in and kind of looping around. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something to strive towards, but something to also uh, just sort of like continue to nurture and sort of like, again, just sort of kind of have that symbiotic thing where you're kind of giving back and kind of getting uh, energy and positivity from the people around you and kind of giving that positivity back and just, uh, yeah, just uh, I think certainly yeah, all the things that you mentioned, just kind of opening yourself up to other people's experiences and stories and stuff is just going to create, you know, the empathy um, and just kind of... Uh, uh, understanding to allow for that to, to kind of grow. So, um, yeah, all really great stuff. Uh, really appreciate you uh, speaking about your path and the things that you're into right now. And um, just really appreciate your enthusiasm and appreciate your uh, kind of uh, making time for this episode and sharing all that you did. So um, we'll definitely have ways for folks to connect with you in the show notes. So, um, yeah, again, thanks. And just have a uh, good rest of your day. Cool. Thank you so much for having me, Dustin. I appreciate it. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at connectedupod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.